Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome back to the Know Your Role Player podcast. I'm your host, Jay, the number 215 forever. Follow your boy on my podcast page, and on my podcast page, you will get the NBA page, right? It's at Know Your Role Player underscore podcast, all right? Anchor.fm backslash Know Your Role Player. Whether you have Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or any other one, you will get notifications like today's episode is ready. All right, all right, guys, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Today is Wednesday, March 28th, but it's still Black History Month. The last Wednesday of Black History Month, tomorrow will be the last day of February. So again, to all that celebrate, happy Black History, and it's a daily reminder that Black History is American history. We don't need to separate the two because the two things are one thing. And again, two things can be true. All right, so... Let's go over today's games real quick. I just want to get my picks for today's games, and we'll get into a couple topics. I won't keep you all long, all right? We'll go back to front. So first, Lakers and Clippers. I expect the Lakers to bounce back tonight. I talked about on Wednesday, Anthony Davis getting the business to him by Yusuf Nurkic. I expect Davis to fully dominate this game, and they should win, all right? I love when Anthony Davis is aggressive. He usually does respond very well to adversity. And again, Lakers fans, I know they're going through it because they're the Lakers and they're not acting like the Lakers. There's a lot of organizational dysfunction. There's a lot of internal dysfunction. I do think they can get the win tonight. All right. Kings Nuggets. I love the Nuggets at home in a bounce back game. Well, actually, they won their last game, but I still love the Nuggets. Cavs and Bulls. All right. I'm going to go with the Bulls to upset the Cavs. I could be dumb. The Cavs could blow them out, but I'm going to go with the Bulls in a bounce back game. Grizzlies, Timberwolves. I'm going to take the. Minnesota Timberwolves, Raptors, Mavs. The Raptors should blow. The, excuse me. The Mavericks should blow the Raptors out. Happy birthday, Luka Doncic and Pelicans, Pacers. I love when the Pelicans play at a breakneck pace that the Pacers have. So I love the Pelicans to beat the Pacers because I think they can score inside. I think they can score outside. And I think they consistently break down that defense. All right. Okay, guys. So real quick today. I want to talk about a few things. I did not get to talk about this on Monday because I just want to talk about some basketball topics. While this is a basketball topic, this is more of a, a general talk, a topic. Okay, so let's break this down real simple. It's called fan entitlement. So the other day, Kevin Durant is walking into the game and an explicit is shouted at him. He turns around. He walks back up to the fans. They were about to get thrown out the game. He says, don't throw them out. They had some exchange back and forth. Lady tries to shake your hand. Guy says, hey, I have a podcast. All right, rule number one, you do not curse a player out and then tell them, say, yo, Lincoln Bio, bro, where's my podcast? All right, that's a no-no. Rule number two, fan entitlement is nasty, right? We have to go back to respecting people. Listen, I'm the first person. I love sports. You like who you like and you don't like who you don't like. Dog, you can boo people. You can call them trash. Y'all do, people get so nasty. Like, I would, no matter what player I couldn't stand, I would never just, like, I'm about to say whatever to him because I'm right in front of here and I can get a moment and I can go viral. That's so dumb to me, right? Even if you don't like him, you can root against him, do whatever you want, but I don't get, like, the the disdain to personally disrespect people right in front of their faces. And then they get surprised when they go out to get thrown out the games. Remember last year, this used to have happened with Westbrook a lot when he was struggling with, um, with the Clippers and the Lakers, you know, and he was an easy target. And it's just fan entitlement is getting bad. So I think it's more on the league, right? Because the NBA, probably more than any other sport, you can sit right next to the stands. You can sit right next to the bench, and you can talk directly to your favorite player or team. So, and again, that's cool. 
But again, it becomes a security issue. Now, we haven't had any crazy things happen for the most part. But again, it's just too much fan entitlement. You don't get to have the right because you bought a ticket to say whatever you want to whoever you want. Right? Imagine imagine the entitlement, the fan entitlement saying, yo, man, I bought this ticket. I'm about five rows up from um, half court. Listen, once Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant go by me, I'm about to call him all names. I'm about to disrespect him and his family. That's horrible. Like, for, for what and for why, right? Again, you have to have something better to do with your time. If you're going out to see a game, go out to see, experience, and enjoy the game. But you do not have to get nasty and disrespect people. It is so common. It's, it has become normalized at games. Yo, listen, it's way worse at football games than basketball. People will lose it. Like, again, you're going to see a game, all right? You still have to be a guest, and you got to be professional, too. I always talk about athletes being professional. Y'all got to be professional. So, again, we'll see what happens, but I just, I hate it, man. And, again, it's not about me caving for Durant. I think Durant's an interesting guy. He's a little wishy-washy sometimes, and sometimes I think he can be a little sensitive, but there's nothing wrong with all sensitive to certain topics, right? But, again, when it comes to this and respect at his workplace, come on, man. We're not asking for much, all right? That's all I feel about that. Next, I want to talk to y'all about one of my favorite topics that's near and dear to my heart. D! Detroit basketball. Oh my goodness, the Pistons have stopped a six-game losing streak and defeat the Chicago Bulls 105 to 95. Yes, and if you case you were wondering, Chicago was a favorite to beat these boys for about 10, man. And the, and I'm happy for the Pistons for a lot of reasons. One, again, I'm I have to be honest, their coach, Monty Williams, has done, to me, respectfully, a bad job. You know, and it starts with Jaden Ivey struggling to get minutes in the beginning of the season, then playing great, and then having his minutes messed with again. Uh, the lack of shooting they had on the court all year, the lack of committing to play the younger guys, putting space between younger guys, rotations, minutes. The coaching has been bad for the Pistons, right? And again, I thought Monty Williams got a raw deal. I thought he was the fall guy in Phoenix. And I thought there was a lot of situations that were tough, especially like with DeAndre Ayton just quitting. But this Pistons teams, to me, again, I do think they have more talent than a 9-49 and team. But today is a good day, right? Because we're going to celebrate the win. Now, on the lowest key, Isaiah Stewart did come back yesterday. He had two three-pointers, nine rebounds, and almost a double-double. But again, I want to talk about two people, right? Now, Ivy played really solid, 15-5 assists, um, but Kay Cunningham is going to be a superstar. I've talked about this before. i talked about this again. Now, if you don't remember, before the season, I did have him to win most improved player, but that was based off of two things. One, that he stayed healthy the all season, which he hasn't. He's had some injury bugs. And two, that the Pistons would be better than nine wins. I was looking for about, I'm not going to lie, I thought they was going to win about 25 or 30 games, all right? They're close to winning about 18 games, all right? So... But, again, they've lost a lot of tough games. Again, they lost a game in New York on Monday where Dante DiVincenzo straight tackles a guy. They don't get a foul call. It'll be interesting to see if the NBA says, hey, that should have been a foul. Because I'm not going to lie to y'all, low-key, when the NBA has controversial calls, they'll just defend the refs and be like, yo, it was a good call. We're not doing it. You know, even when the Knicks protested a game the other day, that definitely wasn't happening. They're not walking it back. And it's interesting. I'm not a ref guy. Listen, with superstars getting fouled, is is it a foul or is it not? And it's about things that we have to do to protect the league, right? But again, back to the Pistons. 
Cade is great, man. He's been playing so well his last couple of games. And I'm just happy that, again, I, a lot of people saw him play against the Knicks and really show up well. But, again, he's done it again and again. And I just want him to stay consistent and perform, right? Whoever comes with him comes with him. And whoever doesn't, doesn't. I think this team is better than what they show. And, again, I know this sounds crazy at 9-49, and 49, but they've been in a ton of games, and they lose the most heartbreaking fashions. But, again, big shout-outs to Jalen Duran with a double-double and five assists for a center. He's going to turn out to really be a star. Asura Thompson, who was having a horrible shooting early in the season, has had two threes, been much better improving his mid-range shot and just improving his overall game. And, again, I like what the Pistons are doing, all right? When they did make the trade and they treated some of their veterans to the Knicks, they did return some other shooters, right? Um... I can't, Fontecchio, I believe is Simeon Fontecchio, if I say your name wrong, I apologize. Uh, Quentin Grimes, I love, even though he didn't play well at all. I'm going to be honest with y'all, y'all. James Wiseman was a two-fold player, right? And I say that because he did have a lot of talent. He's absolutely huge, 7 feet, 235, ridiculous athlete, but he doesn't have any game experience. And the little things he struggled to do really bad. If he could do raw, simple stuff like cut, dunk, pick and roll, but all the little things that make you a good player he struggled with. And I got to be honest, he hasn't been good on the Pistons. And I'm scared that if after the Pistons, I don't know if another team is going to give him another chance. You know, uh, it's tough because he was such a high pick, but he didn't get any experience when he played at Memphis because he was ineligible. And his first two years with the Warriors, he got hurt. You know, even when he did play, he showed flashes, but... The biggest thing with James Wiseman is experience, you know, and I don't know, man. You know, sometimes when a um, lottery pick doesn't work out for the first team, they refine themselves in the second team and they find themselves with a different role. And I'm hoping it works out for Wiseman here, but forget him for a second. The Pistons won a game, all right? Shout outs to them. Again, when you lose six in a row and you lose two heartbreaking games, it's very easy to quit and get blown out by 30 and say, Hey, man, still got my check, you know, but I got to give it to the Pistons. They don't quit. They do play hard, and I'm glad they reap the benefits of their hard work and effort by beating the Chicago Bulls. I'm not going to get big on the Bulls too much. Um, Kobe White had a horrible game. He's still the most improved player of the year. It is what it is. Ayub uh, uh, DeSamo also played horrible. They shot two threes. So if you want to know why they lost the game, the Pistons hit 14 threes. And the Chicago Bulls, excuse me, Chicago Bulls were two for 29. That's going to wrap up that game real quick, all right? But that's all my thoughts on the Pistons are. Next, I want to talk about Steve Kerr and the Warriors. So, real quick, Steve Kerr inks a two-year extension. Um, he's quoted to say he likes to keep it rolling, and it was reported that it was for $53 million, which makes him the highest-paid coach in NBA history. Uh, also, more importantly, for the organization that aligns him with two years left for Stephen Curry's contract, uh, Steve Kerr says, and I quote, I felt very comfortable making this a two-year extension. Joe Lacob felt comfortable as well. He's the owner. Steve Kerr said ahead of the Warriors, 123-112 went to the Wizards. We're in a really unique situation where you have an era, that window, an era excuse me, that's winding down and another that's coming. We're trying to make them merge and make the most of that. This year and next. Let's keep it rolling for another couple of years and then reassess. Okay. I want to just have my own fun with this. Um, again, Kerr's been great. I'm, I'm not here to slander him. But again, that two-year contract is funny. I think he's staying as long as Steph is staying and he's leaving. If, if Steph ever does leave, which I don't think that'll happen. I think they'll give him a last contract. And they want him to retire a warrior because he means so much to that franchise. So, real quick, with the Warriors... 
they're in an interesting spot, right? Because to me, they're showing like their their guts and their guile, and they're really still fighting back. And you know, Clay Thompson had another good game last night. Matter of fact, let's get into that game. So the Warriors defeat the Washington Wizards one twenty three to one twelve. Clay Thompson was playing great again. You know, just, uh, coming off the bench, scores twenty five points. Chris Paul did return this game, as I talked about earlier. He played about twenty two minutes, finished with nine points, six assists, and four rebounds. And was a steadying presence off the bench. Now, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I don't think the Warriors are a championship team. But they will scare somebody. And if they get the right matchup, we'll see what happens. But real quick, back to the Warriors in last night's game. The one thing I do love about the Warriors is they have a team now. When we looked at the championship Warriors teams, we always looked at them passing. Their defense is still bad. Again, giving up 112 points to the Wizards. And it was times they couldn't get stops. And at this team, they're going to have to outscore people. They can get some stops, but they really struggle with teams with bigs or elite wings. All right. Again, Draymond played really well, 8 8 and 6. Um, and the Warriors, Charles Barkley, he had a triple single. But I'm going to be honest with y'all, he played really well. Stephen Curry did not shoot well again, 4 out of 16 from the 3, finished with 18, 6 and 5. But again, I just want to talk about Clay Thompson and this Warriors bench. The one thing. As I referenced the championship Warriors that they always had, again, it was strength and numbers. They have a great bench. And let, read, let, me, let me read off these names. Kevin Looney only plays 10 minutes. Dario Sarr, which has been really good all year. Uh, Jackson's been pretty solid whenever he does get minutes. Chris Paul and Klay Thompson. So real quick, you got two Hall of Famers coming off your bench. You got a guy that can create for others, and you got a guy that can get high at any time with a lot of other rotational players. I love that for them. Now, Curry's been playing uh, pretty bad the last two couple of games, and Steve Kerr has talked about getting him a rest at some point in the season because he just feels like, you know, he might be a little tired. And again, credit to where Kurt is due. Uh, Steph said he's not tired, he's not hurt, and he's perfectly fine. He's just struggling right now, and he'll bounce out of it. I wish he bounced out of it last night, but it is what it is. Moses Moody actually got the start in place of the injured, excuse me, of... um. Andrew Wiggins, who was out due to personal matters for undetermined time. So, hope everything works out with him. Moody played well again. Four, listen, this is real funny. Moody takes seven shots. You know what those seven shots was? Three-pointers. And he went four out of seven. I don't know what Moody's ceiling is, but I'm a little... My biggest issue, and I want to go back to Steve Kerr. Again, they played well yesterday. Klay Thompson played well. Chris Paul played well. My biggest issue with the Warriors is this emerging thing, right? So... After they won the championship, they had like this good trash and good period, right? And what happened was they got draft picks, right? We got Wiseman. We didn't draft LaMelo Ball. He wound up being a bust, unfortunately. We got other guys. Some wound up playing well. Kaminga, Moody, some wound up not playing well. But they didn't make the moves they need to make to have the next team go. And I don't believe this merging thing. I don't think they have all the – I don't think they're committed to winning – no, excuse me. They are committed to winning a championship. But I don't think their roster is currently constructed will win a championship. Also, they don't play all of their young guys. Again, I want to remind people that Jonathan Kaminga said, I lost faith in my coach. And only then did Steve Kerr say, you know what? Fine. Here, man. Play 37 minutes a game. That happened. He was still playing the veterans. And again, he just benched Clay Thompson, who's been bad most of the season outside of some few special moments. So again, when I be honest with Kerr, he drives me crazy because he don't know. Him and the team are at a weird crossroads. They keep saying, yo, we want to develop the young guys. But they keep chasing this championship that ain't there. This is not a championship team. I understand 
that when you have veterans like Stephen Curry and Draymond Green, you have to pursue winning, right? And you play who you can play and you don't who you don't. But again, that comes with a price. That price was you almost lost Jonathan Kaminga. Again, Kurt did smooth it out. He did use some good words and say, hey, at one time I was frustrated that I didn't get more playing time. I understand it. You know, he handled the situation very well. But what if it didn't go well? What if he started acting out and be like, yo, this dude's overrated. He doesn't know what he's doing. He, he could have went left. Again, credit to Jonathan Kaminga. Um, he didn't request a trade, but he, again, he basically said, yo, this coach doesn't know what he's doing. And again, what Kerr, sometimes I do feel like he leans on veterans a little too much and he doesn't play these young guys. Moses Moody is a perfect example. And I'm not saying Moses Moody is the greatest player ever, but we don't know what he is because he never gets extended run. So if he doesn't get extended run, right, I guess maybe it's fair to say that you don't fully believe in him. And that's fine if you do, but if you didn't, why keep him? At the trade deadline, the Warriors, to me, needed another big. Kevin Looney does not play the minutes he did on their championship team and doesn't play as many minutes as he used to. So I thought he was a guy that they could have traded. They had some other guys, but they didn't make the trade. He said, we're fine where we are. And again, I understand that they're 30-27, and 27, and they probably will make the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to make any real noise until they improve their front court, their rebounding, their defensive presence, and just, you know, the interior defense. And so any of those things changes. You can keep putting Draymond in center, and he'll have his moments, but you will struggle on the glass. You're going to get dominated inside, and when you play these great teams, the Minnesotas, the Denvers, or teams that can attack you big or attack you with multiple ways or just play faster than you, you will struggle. And you'll have these outlier nights. You'll have these nights where Klay Thompson goes off and it looks like it's 2016 again, right? But again, he's even honest with himself because before the season, he wanted to play, say he wanted to play till he's 40. Now he's walking that back, be like, hey, man, I just want to, you know, retire a warrior. I don't want to be playing when I'm past my prom. So it's easy. You know, humble pie has came to the Warriors. But again, with all that being said, I still think they're dangerous. I still think they will put fear into many teams they play because the Warriors are still the Warriors. You know, with the league now and the constant changing and the moving of players, this is probably one of the last teams that you saw their three best players, not named Kevin Durant, who, you know, came in for a minute, stick together for a long core time that was drafted together. You're not going to see that again because most of these guys are going to go to different opportunities if something doesn't work out, and that's what they should do. But that's my thoughts on that. Again, congratulations, Steve Kerr. Hey, Steve, play the young guy, Steve. I, I get it. I get it. You're trying to make the playoffs, and you're trying to do what you can do. Steve, play the young guys. If you, even if you don't play them a lot, Trace Jackson Davis, just give him 20 minutes a game. Just give him 20 minutes a game. Again, I know he gets in foul trouble sometimes. I know sometimes he can, you know, drive you crazy with some of the things he does. But he has talent. Again, Moses Moody, just try to play him. Y'all played Jordan Poole, who had the greatest and worst moments ever, right? He had the greatest greats and the worstest worstest. But y'all played him a lot. So I don't get how this guy is, these guys are the guys you like, yo, I don't know, dog. All right? And speaking of one Jordan Poole, he did not play well, man. Uh, in, 20 months, in 29 minutes, he was 5 of 17, 2 out of 8 from the three-pointer. I'm not going to lie. I did think it was going to be a pool party. I thought he was going to cook him. He's not cooking nothing, man. Um, he has played well, better than horrible, I should say, but I don't know, man. Maybe a sports psychologist. He is on a new team, and I, I think I will never sell my Jordan Poole stock. But, yes, this has been a really bad season, and he's got to recommit himself to – just being better. Again, when you chose to take this to get traded and be the best player in the team, it comes with how you move every day. We all saw the viral clips of him barely paying attention in the um, timeouts. And, you know, you got to be locked in all the time. You know, where greatness is a consistency in every night. 
That's what makes a star player a star player. Every single night, yo, you got to depend on me. I'm going to be there. Now, there might be out of 82 games, four bad nights. But most nights, I'm going to be there whether we win or lose, and I'm going to help us to win at the highest level possible. And my last talk, uh, topic for the day is we got to talk about the king, man, LeBron James. All right, so let me, let, me, let me use grace with this. So I watch basketball from high school seniors and up. But I don't really talk about high school seniors. LeBron James was a rare exception. There's some guy you watch him. I watch a ton of high school mixtapes. I think they're dope. But you have to understand that there's separation, right? And a separation at every level as a kid, you know, to middle school, to junior high, to high school, to college, to whatever comes after that in your professional basketball career. And with every jump, it gets harder and harder. Now, again. High school is weird, right? And it's weird because you'll see players dominate. And they're, and they're talented. They're, they're just better than the guys they play. And they just have these ridiculous numbers. And you're like, yo, this dude going to be all that in the league. But high school is guys, a lot of guys at this level are never playing in the college level. It's, again, it's separation of talent. So then when you see these great high school phenoms go to the next level, sometimes they do great, but a lot of times they don't do great. But like, yo, what happened? He was so nice in high school. Well, yeah, he just played a harder division. Harder level of competition, and now he's more of an even playing field where he's more of a regular player. And I say that to kind of reference uh, LeBron. So let's be fair here. So LeBron one day tweeted, yo, his son is going to be way better than guys in on league pass. That's what he said. And now he said, hey, um, you know, let my son enjoy college. You know, after a mock draft pushed him to, I think, projected in the second round pick now. He's no longer a first round pick. And I'll be honest with you, he's He's okay. I, I'm going to have a, not the Jordan Poole scale, but I kind of greet him on it, on this thing. Like, he had a life crisis where he almost died. He He's cleared to play basketball, and he's playing basketball. He's on a really bad team. USC isn't any good. Um, that's where he wanted to go. That's fine. But I see some telling him. He is an athletic kid. He looks like he does have a solid jump shot. He can play defense. But it looks like he definitely needs way more time to develop. So he's not a one and done. So hopefully... He stays in college another year. And again, maybe it's not college. Maybe it's the G League. But he needs more preparation before he can do a jump to the NFL. And that's okay. Excuse me, NBA. If it's two years, if it's three years. But right now, it's currently projected. He's not ready to jump to the NBA. Now, whenever that time is, it is. And even if it ain't, it ain't. But as currently projected, I do not think he is a first-round pick. But again, things can change. I'm not really judging him on a fair scale because... He's a month's ruse from, you know, having a, his life almost ended, right? He could have really, you know, he could have really been out of here. So, again, when you're playing and you're playing healthy, the more time you are, you're better at. Again, so, again, I think next season he might show a lot different player. He might be more confident. He, you know, you got more experience. You understand the college game a little bit better. And he does have a lot of talent. But as currently projected, it's not looking great for him to be a first-round pick. Now, it's kind of tough on Brian because LeBron has always talked about one day playing with his son. And I truly do believe before he ends his time in the NBA, whichever that may be, that he wants to get one, maybe a game. I don't even think it has to be a season. Maybe like, yo, I'm done here. I did my time with this team. You know, I don't know, but I do think he's going to get that game in with his son. I don't know if it's going to be a season. I don't really know. He's still in a championship level where he can pursue championships and other teams. It is expected that he's going to sign an extension with the Lakers for about two or three years and retire. Obviously, Bronny's not going to come to the NBA, we don't think, this year. So two or three years is kind of where it's at. And the third year is kind of 
that moment. LeBron's 40 right now. So we'll say we'll say this. It's tough for LeBron because, listen, you see your son and you play guy against the league. And, again, I'm not going to tell LeBron that he don't know who he's talking about. It's LeBron James. He plays against guys all the time. He openly talks about how some guys don't got passion for the game. And, again, I do think his son has a lot of talent, but he's young and he's got to improve and get better, which I think he will. But I think it's just interesting. He, I think LeBron put himself in a little bit of a pickle because he just kind of had like an honest thought. And then there has to be a ton of pressure on Bronny. Again, he already said that he kind of regrets giving him his name because already with that, you already got your dad's name with all the pressure. Again, having a, a Hall of Fame dad and one of the greatest players ever, most times their kids aren't all-time great players. And I like his other son. I don't know if he's still going to play basketball or – but I think his other son can play too. He's younger. I think he's really talented. Again, I do like Bronny as a prospect, but as it currently stands, I don't think he's a first-round pick. But I do think with next season, with more confidence on a team that might be a little better or maybe transfer, I do think he can improve, and I do think he's an NBA player. I just don't think right now he's very good at this level. But I think he'll get better, all right? But like I said, it's tough for LeBron because he had an open, honest question about guys in the league. And Yo, this dude plays in the league, so far be it for me to say, man, you don't know what you're talking about. He stinks. No, he doesn't stink. He's just, he's kind of struggling a little bit. The team stinks, all right? Now, he doesn't get, I don't know, he has up and down moments. Again, athletically, he he can be an NBA player. It's not as a level of, you know, is his skill set there. The skill set is there, but it has to develop. He'll get stronger. He'll continue to grow as a player and an athlete. But I do like Bronny as a prospect, but again, right now, eh, but again, that's tough on LeBron. All right, so my last topic is I want to talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers defeating the Dallas Mavericks 121 to 119. This was a phenomenal game, man. Uh, this was a stars will be stars game. Kyrie back in Cleveland. He got busy. Um it's an interesting game. I thought for the most part the Mavs were outplaying the Cavs. Uh, Darius Garland struggled throughout this game, finished for two for ten. Uh, from the field, he did have seven assists, but one of five from the three-point line, only eight points. I thought he struggled a lot. I thought Donovan Mitchell had a great bounce-back game after struggling to shoot from the three, finished seven from 11. So think about this. You got two guys to give you seven threes. That wasn't, one guy wasn't just our Struess, who was lights out, right? Uh, Mitchell, seven for 11 with 31 points, seven rebounds, six assists. And it's interesting, right? Because the Dallas, really, to me, they outplayed the most of the game, but they, they kind of came back towards the end of the game. Right before the end, they scored the go-ahead bucket with about six seconds left, and it looked like there was a foul, and it didn't get called, right? Luka was kind of complaining about it. He did do a great contest on Max Struess, and Max Struess shot one of the craziest shots. I think it was about – it was definitely a half-court heave, a 59 feet to be exact. Half-court heave, drills it, and they win. Um, this Cavs team is interesting, right? I don't talk about them a lot. I did a little bit before, but – they're second-best defensive team in the league. They have two elite guards and two elite bigs. And again, when I say elite, defensively. Neither one of these guys are elite offensively, but Evan Mobley will be a star. All right, He was on a little bit of a triple-double last night. Finishes with 12.7 assists. Seven? Seven? And four rebounds. I love Evan Mobley. I think he's going to be a stud. I think only time's going to develop. I think he's going to be a better shooter. He's going to get stronger. I think he's a stud. Donovan Mitchell is the guy I kind of worry about because it's always like this New York thing with him and his contract. And it's like, are they going to have to choose between Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell? I don't know. As currently constructed, I do think they're a good wing away. I'm not going to lie to you. I think 
again, sounds crazy that LeBron James is tough. Because I think if LeBron James is on his cast team, they will win the championship. But that's tough for two reasons. Because one, LeBron don't take discounts, and the best player in the league should never take a discount, right? It's bad for the Players Association. But if LeBron went back to Cleveland and won a championship, oh, he plays with two guards. Both of them handle the ball well. He wouldn't have to dominate the ball. He, he, they can shoot. He's got bigs that can protect him defensively. He can kind of hide. They're literally the perfect team that literally are LeBron James away. And again, at 40 years old, he can still compete for a championship on the right team. This team is good, man. They're really good. If they had LeBron, they're 38 and 19. If they had LeBron James to me, they'd, 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 they'd be the favorite by a mile to win a championship. But I don't think LeBron's leaving LA. I think he's staying in LA. I do think a move is going to happen where a point guard will come to the Lakers. But back to the Cavs. <sighs> I keep hearing this Donovan Mitchell, New York thing. It's interesting because he's played well there. He has not talked about his free agency. Um, but what's going to happen, honestly? Is he going to sign that extension? They're going to have to have an important playoff. They're going to have to have a deep playoff run, and they're going to have to really show you something. But, again, they were really good tonight. You know, I still don't like the wings, the Niangs, the Okurls. Eh. Karis Lever is a guard I love off the bench. I think he's one of my favorite guards. Top 10 guard off the bench, definitely. Um, but, again, I like this team, but their wings, to me, is the way they can always get attacked against certain teams. But they've been playing great. As far as Dallas, it was a tough loss, but I expect them to bounce back tonight. Luka went off. O-F-F-F. All right? 45 points. Nine, excuse me. Nine rebounds. 14 assists. 6 for 11. I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes we do take Luka for granted. We should never... I should never just say 45 and 14 casually. That's just, that's never going to be casual. That is an outer body experience. And again, it was like a a B-plus game for him because he can go higher. Again, this guy scored. I ain't going to lie. Luka's probably going to have an 80-point game. Like, I think he might get the 81 game if it stay competitive. He's going to keep chucking them threes. He's going to do whatever he wants. You know, a lot of times people talk about the league and whether it's saturated. I think the talent is very high in the league. I think the talent is high. Defense can improve. Again, I'm more concerned about traveling and nitpicking about physical contact on the defensive end. I just want guys to dribble properly. Um, but it is what it is. But, again, for the Cavs, they move on to 38-19. and 19. Dallas falls to 33-25. and 25. I still love both of these teams in the playoffs. I thought it was a great, great win for Cleveland at home. And that will wrap up the podcast. Now, news and notes, news and notes, news and notes. I know I talked about before today, I was going to make this an NBA draft pod, but I kind of like these topics. I'm going to push the draft to the weekend. So, Friday I probably won't pod, but Saturday I'll pod. I'm off Saturday. Got a little vacation coming up. But I will have a weekend podcast for y'all. So, until then... Y'all be good. Please like, share, and subscribe. Tell one friend to tell two friends to tell three friends about the Know Your Pro Player podcast. Hashtag K-N-O-W-Y-A-R-O-L-E-P-L-A-Y-E-R. Y'all be good. Talk to y'all soon. Peace.